With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super-duper successful. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, For what it's worth, it's never too late, or in my case, too early, to be whoever you want to be. There's no time limit. Stop whenever you want. You can change or stay the same. There are no rules to this thing. We can make the best or worst of it. I hope you make the best of it. And I hope you see things that startle you. I hope you feel things you never felt before. I hope you meet people with a different point of view. I hope you live a life you're proud of. If you find that you're not, I hope you have the courage to start all over again. That's Eric Roth the screenwriter for The Curious Case of Benjamin Buttons. The title of today's show is It's Never Too Late to Become What You've Always Wanted to Become. It's absolutely never too late. You know when it's too late? When you're six feet under in that box. So if you're alive, you're listening to this, it is never too late. I want to thank everyone for listening. want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to any of the previous shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com, or find me in the podcast section in Apple iTunes. Just do a search for Coach Mark or Power and a Half Hour. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr. That's M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R of the real Mark Star. Make sure, because I have a few different accounts, so make sure you find the one that looks most current, all right? On Instagram, it's at Coach Mark Speaks. That's at C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S. For all my listeners in the United States, I have a daily message service that sends out an inspirational, motivational message every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 10 a.m. on the weekends. To get those messages for free, all you have to do is text the letters BBD to 411247. And if you have not downloaded my book, you can download it for free. That's right, I said free at www.repeataftermeorg.com book.com. All right. Well, we have an amazing show today, so let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Wolfgang Puck. Now, Wolfgang was born in Austria. His mother was a professional chef at a resort. Every summer, he would visit her at work and spend time with her in the kitchen. When he was 14, Wolfgang wanted to become an architect, but because his family was poor, it was decided that he should get a job in a pastry shop. He skipped high school and became an apprentice in a hotel kitchen in Austria. Three weeks into his apprenticeship, they ran out of potatoes in the kitchen and the chef decided to blame him. He fired Wolfgang and told him to go home. Now, this was the darkest day of his life, so he decided to kill himself in the river. As he stood by the water, he suddenly thought to himself, 
Maybe he should just go back to work the following day and see what happens. Now, the owner of the hotel took pity on him and sent him to work at his other hotel. Wolfgang fell in love with the way that the French cooked and decided that he would go and work at the first three-star French restaurant that would give him an opportunity. Well, in 1968, at the age of 19, he got the opportunity to work with a chef slash owner of a high-end restaurant that also wrote cookbooks and cooked with fresh vegetables and fish from the market. Now, after that, he worked in Monte Carlo and at another restaurant in Paris. In 1973, Wolfgang decided to move to the United States. Now, when he got to the States, he first started working in New York, but would eventually move to California once he got his green card. In 1975, at the age of 26, Wolfgang wanted to open his own restaurant. He took a second job so that he could save up enough money for that. He would work at a restaurant in West Hollywood from 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every day. Then he would go downtown and work until midnight. Guests started coming into the restaurant that he was working at in the morning saying that the food is suddenly so good. The owner of the restaurant asked him to work there full time, but Wolfgang figured that he would make more money by working two different jobs. Shortly after, the manager at the restaurant that he was working at in the evening presented him with a new menu. Wolfgang told the manager that he was the chef, not him, and then he quit to go work full time at the restaurant that he was working at in the mornings. Wolfgang sat down with the owner and they agreed that he would get a lower salary and 10% of the restaurant. When he first started, the restaurant was making $18,000 a month. Now, the restaurant that he was now the full-time chef at became well-known, and he suddenly started serving to many of the well-known celebrities during that time. Everything was going good, but Wolfgang wanted to be the principal owner, and he wanted to be in charge. By 1981, six years after he started working at the restaurant, Wolfgang went to the owner and told him that they needed to form a new company. They couldn't come to an agreement, so he left. Now, at the time he left the restaurant, the restaurant went from making $18,000 a month to $330,000 a month. Now, Wolfgang found a place on Sunset Boulevard in L.A. He was able to raise $500,000 from the lawyers, doctors, and dentists that were the students at his cooking school. He also got a $60,000 loan from the bank. In January of 1982, he opened his first restaurant, Spago. Now, the restaurant became an instant success. Within three months, the restaurant was profitable, which was good for Wolfgang, as at the time, he had no money left. A year later, in 1983, Wolfgang, along with some investors from Japan, opened a Spago in Tokyo. The investors put up the money, and Wolfgang licensed the name to them for a third of the business. Now, during the same time, he opened another restaurant in Santa Monica. Wolfgang also started doing TV appearances in the 1980s, appearing on David Letterman and The Tonight Show. In 1992, a developer persuaded him to go to Las Vegas, and Wolfgang became the first chef-owned restaurant in Las Vegas. They opened at the Forum Shops at Caesars Palace. The restaurant opened in December 1992, and everything was dead at that time. Wolfgang started to second-guess himself, but then in January, the restaurant started to get busy, and the convention business helped it to become amazingly successful. The restaurant grossed $1 million that month, not the year. $1 million in its second month, and they were now profitable. In the early 2000s, the Food Network came to Wolfgang, and he did over 100 shows for them over the course of three years. 
After his show ended, Wolfgang decided to concentrate on the restaurant business and expanded internationally. Wolfgang currently has restaurants all over the world. In addition to his successful restaurants, Wolfgang's companies also sell frozen pizzas, appliances, and cookbooks. His company generates over $400 million a year. $400 million a year. He alone is worth $75 million. His restaurant, Spago, was inducted into Nation's Restaurant News Fine Dining Hall of Fame, as well as received the James Beard Restaurant of the Year Award. Wolfgang has also received a Daytime Emmy for his show, Wolfgang Puck. In 2013, he was also inducted into the Culinary Hall of Fame. And in 2017, he received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for his work in the TV industry. Let's now take a look at some of the advice that we can get from Wolfgang. Number one, talk to your customers. Wolfgang says that he feels that when people come to his restaurant, they're coming to his house. He wants to be gracious to them. Number two, stick to what you know best. He owned 10% of Eureka Brewing and Restaurant, which opened in 1990. They had so many problems bottling the beer. Wolfgang decided to leave. The restaurant was a success, but the brewery lost a lot of money and Eureka went into bankruptcy. Number three, hire innovative people. Creative people bring more ideas. Wolfgang says if they're constantly stand still and don't pay attention to what's happening today and tomorrow, they will be in the graveyard. Profile number two, Leo Goodwin. Now, Leo was born in Missouri in 1886 and was the son of a doctor. He trained to be an accountant and then first went into insurance in San Antonio, Texas. In 1925, at the age of 39, Leo started working for USAA, an insurer that specialized in insuring only military personnel. Now, after rising as far as a civilian could go in USAA's military-dominated hierarchy, Leo decided to take all the knowledge that he gained by working at USAA and start his own business. Now, in 1936, at the age of 50, this guy started his own business at the age of 50. Leo and his wife, Lillian, founded Government Employees Insurance Company. You guys probably know it as GEICO. Now, based on Leo's experience at USAA, Geico's original business model was formed on the assumption that federal employees as a group would be less risky and be a more financially stable pool of customers. Now, as opposed to the general public, even though the G in Geico stands for government, the company was never affiliated with any government organization. In 1937, Leo and his wife relocated Geico from San Antonio, Texas to Washington, D.C. and reincorporated the company as a D.C. corporation after realizing that their business model would work best in the place with the highest concentration of federal employees. At the end of their first year in business, Geico had 12 employees and wrote 3,700 policies. Leo and his wife worked 12 hours a day for little or no salary for several years to implement his business dream. Geico didn't start to make a profit until 1940. That's four years after they first opened their doors. In 1948, Geico became a publicly owned company, and Leo continued to work with the company until he retired in 1958 at the age of 72. Geico continued to grow tremendously over the years, and in 1996, after many years as a publicly traded company, Geico was bought up by Berkshire Hathaway, the company that was founded by Warren Buffett. 
Currently, Geico is the number two auto insurance company under State Farm, and in 2016, Geico had revenues of $26.3 billion. Remember now, this was started by a man and his wife at the age of 50. At the age of 50, this guy started Geico, the company that's making over $26.3 billion a year. Now, when most people think of new successful entrepreneurs, images of people like Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, or Evan Spiegel, the founder of Snapchat, come to mind as both of these guys founded their billion-dollar companies before the age of 21. But the data that is coming out shows us something completely different. Entrepreneurs over 50 have launched new businesses at a higher rate than 20 to 34-year-olds over every year since 1996. Business owners aged 55 to 64 represented more than 23% of new entrepreneurs last year compared to 14% in 1996. There are many reasons for this. Some older workers have taken buyouts and retired early. Others may have lost their job in the last recession. Many have realized that in general, people are living longer and need additional source of income. They also have lots of knowledge and experience and simply don't want to stop working. Whatever the reason, America's aging population has more people who are starting businesses later in life. The research shows that not only are there more older entrepreneurs, but the older entrepreneurs are more successful than the younger entrepreneurs. Let me repeat this because this part is very important. The research shows that not only are there more older entrepreneurs, but that older entrepreneurs are more successful than the younger entrepreneurs. See, the TV shows us something different. They show us all these young guys that are starting all these businesses and whatnot. They're not showing us the older entrepreneurs that are more successful in general than a lot of these younger entrepreneurs. Now, the average age of a successful entrepreneur in high-growth industries such as computers, healthcare, and aerospace is 40. Twice as many successful entrepreneurs are over 50 as that are under 25. The vast majority, 75% of them, have more than six years of industry experience and half of them have more than 10 years experience when they start their business, says Vivek Wadha, a researcher from Duke University who studied 549 successful technology ventures. The research from the Kauffman Foundation indicates that people over 55 are almost twice as likely to start successful companies than those between the ages of 20 and 34. Let's now take a look at some of the reasons why older entrepreneurs make better entrepreneurs. Number one, they know from personal experience what the over 50 population wants. Now, most companies are tripping over themselves to market to millennials, the largest demographic in the U.S., numbering about 80 million. They're all trying to crack the code to being cool so that they can reap the financial rewards. What these companies don't realize is that although the millennials are the largest demographic in the U.S., the over 50s hold 80% of the developed world's wealth. And as more of them make their way to retirement, they're ready to start spending that retirement money. So all these companies are killing themselves trying to be the new cool company. And they don't realize that the over 50 population has all the money. They have all the money. They're trying to sell to all these millennials that don't have any money. Number two, they have spent a lifetime building up their networks. 
One major piece in building a successful business is finding the right people on your team. Even though just out of even though a just out of college entrepreneur can hire a headhunter and perform multiple rounds of interviews, it takes time and effort to form an effective group of key employees. Older entrepreneurs, on the other hand, are more likely to have already built a deep bench of people that they have worked well with before and can trust. Having this pool of people helps them to get off to a great start. Those strong networks built up over years come in handy, not just for hiring the right people for the job, but also for marketing products and generating excitement and publicity. They also have more influential friends. Now, you take the 50 closest friends of a college student and take the 50 closest friends of a 60-year-old. Which do you think has more friends who are wealthy and or has political influence and are leaders at their place of work? Influential connections are very important. As they sometimes say, it's not what you know, but who you know. Number three, the numbers and the research are both on their side. Now, even though the media loves to focus on all the young entrepreneurs with fresh ideas building successful enterprise giants from the ground up because it's interesting, it's exciting, and it's dramatic, when you look at the numbers, the founders that they always talk about are more the exception than the rule. There are twice as many entrepreneurs over the age of 50 as there are under 25, and 38% of founders are over the age of 40. What the research shows us is that people are truly becoming more innovative at older ages. It takes time for all of our education and work experience to settle in our brain and trigger new ideas about better ways of doing things. Number four, older entrepreneurs are thinking about building their legacy. In general, entrepreneurs over 50 are starting to think about building their legacy for the future, meaning that they're not slowing down. They are speeding up as they start to envision the finish line off in the distance. Psychologist Eric Erickson says that people over 50 are in a stage of generativity. Now, the generativity stage is defined as a time of increased productivity and creativity as people want to contribute to society and the world around them. Number five, experience. Whether you call it experience, bumps and bruises, or the school of hard knocks, entrepreneurs who have been around the block more than a few times make smarter decisions. Number six, controlled personal experiences. Generally, someone in their 50s or 60s isn't having children. That means all those associated expenses of new babies like a bigger house, pending college tuition, are likely to be leveled off or fading away. On the other hand, the young entrepreneur often needs to raise a business while simultaneously raising a family. That can definitely be a big drain on their money. Number seven, one last shot. Now, when you have one last shot at something, you take more care to get it right. Many older entrepreneurs understand that this is their final shot at making their business into not only a financial win, but also a legacy. This brings commitment and confidence naturally to the older entrepreneur. The young entrepreneur knows deep down inside that if they mess it up, they will get a second shot. Let's now take a look at some of the best advice from some older entrepreneurs that are over the age of 50. Number one, Mommy Chow. Now, Mommy Chow is a chef and owner of Mommy Sauce. 
Mommy Chow sells her secret sauce recipes to the world. She started her business in 2015 when she was 71. Now, Mommy Chow says, don't think too long on the idea and let it sit. Time flies. If you have a dream, start now. Wake up and work. You have less to lose when you're older. Your kids are grown. You should have fewer worries. Have a dream that will make you happy for the rest of your life. Don't live to just get by. Great advice from Mommy Chow. Number two, Kathy Danelle Vitkak, CEO and founder of The Blissful Dog, Inc., Now, Kathy started the Blissful Dog in 2003, and seven years later, instead of retiring, it became her full-time job. Today, her brand has over 2,500 products that are sold on our website and in dozens of countries all over the world. Kathy's advice to fellow entrepreneurs is to first and foremost have fun. My only qualifier would be to make sure there's actually a need for the product or services you have in mind. She says, okay, I do have a second qualifier bootstrap as much as you can never incur debt if at all possible and if you do make it short term like under six months number three renee brown vice president of weaver's coffee and tea now renee along with her husband and partners run a hot beverage empire based in san rafael california weaver's coffee and tea sells teas and hand roasted organic fair trade coffee to consumers all over the world The advice that Renee would like to share with other aspiring entrepreneurs is to do something you love, have passion and commitment, but most importantly, persistence, persistence, hire slow and fire fast. Business is about people and sales and marketing. If you have the right people and excellent sales and marketing, then you will be successful. Number four, Rebecca and Steve Wilson. Now, the couple started YourBagTag.com when Rebecca was 46 and Steve 51 back in 2006. YourBagTag.com is a custom bag tag company that has expanded to tags for scuba and water sports and is sold in over 300 scuba retail shops across the country. When they first started the business, they were still raising their sons and working full time. They plan to continue to run the business into their retirement. The advice that Rebecca would like to share with aspiring entrepreneurs is to find a niche that you're passionate about and don't be afraid to go after it. You don't stop dreaming at 50. Stay a lifelong learner. Most of our friends are in their early 30s and they help keep our thinking relevant. Find an entrepreneur meetup or mastermind group and be active in the conversations. Be open to having your thinking challenged by people that are younger than you. And number five, Jaswant Kular. Now, Jaswant is the founder and executive chef of Jaswant's Kitchen. Jaswant wanted an easy way to teach her daughters the art of traditional Indian cooking. She looked for products and found that many contained fillers, artificial ingredients, and lots of fat. At the age of 60, at the age of 60, she began preparing spice blends for friends, family, and clients of her nutrition business. After the positive response she got from everyone, she exhibited her spices at a food festival where she completely sold out. This was the start of her new business, which is now run by her and her three daughters. Their products are now available in over 100 stores. Jaswan's advice to other aspiring entrepreneurs is that she really believes that age is just a number. If one is healthy, 
Physically and mentally, your age should not be a barrier to starting anything new. She also says to don't be afraid. You're about to have the best time of your life. No more worrying about looking after young kids. It is finally your turn to live your life the way that you want. It's a lot of work, but the reward is also that much greater. All right, well, that's all that we have for today's show. I want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen to not only this show, but any of the previous shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com. Now, I know you got three friends that could have benefited from what we talked about today. Make sure you tell them about the radio station that you're listening to this show on, or you can have them go to my website to re-listen to it, all right? Don't forget www.powerhh.com, or you can find me in the podcast section in Apple iTunes. And the quote that we're going to end today's show with is, nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start today and make a new ending. And that's Maria Robinson. Thank you much, and until the next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week.
round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.